Good evening and welcome again. We're glad that you're here tonight. We're thankful for the opportunity that we have to come together, to worship God, to enjoy fellowship with one another. We're so thankful that you're here. If you're visiting, we want to encourage you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. And I would hope and pray that if you're looking for a church home, that you would strongly consider the work here. As we embark upon a new year, we would love to have you come and join hands with us and help us to spread the good news. We're going to be looking tonight at Acts chapter 10, verse 35, as we think about the lesson, it is more blessed to give than to receive. As we think about this lesson, I want to begin by spending some time and talking about some great examples that we have of giving. And really, what we're going to do is make an evaluation of giving and note the fact that God gave his very best. Not only did God give his very best, but his son gave his very best. And then the Holy Spirit gave his very best. And we're going to be talking about that in a moment or two. And then spend some time and talk about how we, as God's children, ought to give of ourselves in the work of the kingdom. Let's begin by talking about God who gave his very best. You don't have to look very far in scripture to find out that God gave his only begotten son for us. The Bible says in John 3 verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5 at verse 8, but God commendeth his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. John would say in 1 John chapter 4 at verse 14, we have seen and bear witness that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. It's not hard to understand why Paul could write to the church at Corinth and say in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 15, thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. He's talking about Christ. Jesus was his only begotten son, his most prized possession, and yet he was willing to give him for us. In Romans chapter 8, Paul would say, if God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but freely gave him up for us all. And so God gave his very best. And then secondly, Jesus gave his very best. I think we need to understand that God and Jesus, as well as the Holy Spirit, worked in concert with one another. They had the same aim, the same goal, and that is the redemption of the human family. Jesus, in John chapter 13 at verse 15, said, Greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. You remember what the Hebrew writer said in chapter 2, verse 9, speaking of Christ? That he tasted of death for every man. It's hard for us to imagine that Jesus, the second member of the Godhead, emptied himself, and as Paul would say in Philippians chapter 2, took upon himself human flesh for the purpose of going to the cross and dying for our sins. God gave his best, yes. 
But Jesus gave his very best in going to the cross. We see it in his attitude of submission, his sacrifice, his service to the human family. Everything pointed toward this ultimate gift that would redeem us. The Holy Spirit also gave his very best. The book that we hold in our hands, that we read from, from on a regular basis. This book that we call the Bible is an inspired document given to us by the third member of the Godhead, that being the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to the apostles in John 16, 13, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Peter tells us that God has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. The Bible is an incomparable book. There are no legitimate comparisons when it comes to the word of God. And the reason is because it is an inspired book. God inspired it. God used men to record his word, his will. Peter said, holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Bible was written over a period of about 1,500, ye 1500 years by some 40 different writers. And so we can go back and we can look at those who lived under the period of the patriarchs. And then there is the Mosaic dispensation, those who lived under the law of Moses. And today we live under the law of Christ. Not only is the Bible an incomparable book, it is an inspired book, and it is an inspiring book. And let me tell you why. Because this book inspires us to a better way of life. I think about the words spoken in Acts chapter 10, verse 35. It is more blessed to give than to receive. When you begin to read and study and examine the scriptures, you find out that God calls us to a higher nobler life. God wants the very best from us. Why is that? Because he gave his very best. Now having said that, I want to turn and think for a minute or two about some application and the exhortation to give. I want to begin by saying God wants or demands our very best. And we should never be satisfied with giving him anything less than our very best. You could go back and read in the Old Testament and take note of those sacrifices that were offered and you'll find out that God wanted the very best by way of sacrifice. Today we are to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice and everything that we do for the cause of Christ, it ought to be done with the goal of giving our very best. Let me give you an illustration of what I'm talking about. In the book of Mark in chapter 14, we have an account recorded by Mark about a lady that took a flask of very costly oil, broke the flask, and poured the oil on the head of Jesus. In verse 4, here's what was said. There were some who were indignant among themselves and said, why was this fragrant oil wasted? It might have been sold for more than 300 denarii 
and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. He said, for you have the poor with you always. And whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me you do not have always. And then verse 8. She has done what she could. When we talk about giving God our best, what God wants is for us to do what we can, when we can, and where we can. And so, what a great example. This lady did what she could. And so Jesus said, she has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the whole world, what this woman did will also be spoken of as a memorial to her. Some 2,000 years later, we still think about this lady, this saintly lady, who did what she could for the Lord. As we begin 2014, the Lord willing, I want to ask a question. Will it be said of you that you did what you could? Will you give your very best? God wants your very best. There's some things that I want to encourage you to consider for just a moment or two that relate to giving our best in the new year. First of all, we need to give our very best when it comes to our time. We talked about time this morning and how time is a precious commodity. It's up to us as to how we spend our time. We can be a wise steward of our time or we could be a foolish steward of our time. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, that that which is required of a steward is that a man be found faithful. God wants you to use your time wisely here upon this earth. I said that we have 1,440 minutes allotted to us each day. How are we going to use that time? As you embark upon the new year, how much time are you planning to spend in God's Word? Do you have a plan mapped out of how you can draw closer to the Lord through this book that we call the Bible? James said, draw near to God, He'll draw near to you. One of the ways that we draw closer to God is by spending time in His Word. It was said of the apostles, Peter and John, by the Sanhedrin Council in the first century, but they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Do you want to be more Christ-like in the next year? Do you want to develop habits that are becoming of a New Testament Christian? Then spend time with the Lord in his book. Peter said that we are to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If spiritual growth occurs in your life, it will be because you and you alone set as your goal spiritual growth over the next 12 months. A second question I want to ask, how much time will you spend in worship to Almighty God over the next 12 months? Over the course of the next 12 months, the Lord willing, we will have the opportunity to meet 52 weeks. 
We'll come together to worship God twice on Sunday, which would equate to about 104 hours. We'll come together on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for Bible study, and then again on Wednesday night, another 104 hours. On Tuesday mornings, we'll assemble for the next 52 weeks and we'll study the, we'll study the Bible, and that will afford us the opportunity to spend another 52 hours in study of God's Word. So how much time are you willing to commit to worship over the course of the next year? It's your decision. Not only is it your decision, but by your example, it might be the case that others will follow your lead and be here as well. A third question I want to ask you, how much time are you willing to devote to the work in 2014? Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I've said this before and I want to just reemphasize it again. The word first in Matthew 6.33 means before anything else. We talk about giving God our very best. That means best when it comes to our time our talents, and our treasures. Anything less is not our best. There are a lot of folks in the church that want to throw God their crumbs. They're not interested in giving him their best. And yet the Lord demands our very best. So what about you? How much time are you willing to spend in work for the cause of Christ over the next 12 months. What about your talents? We have a lot of unique talents in this congregation. We are blessed with a wide range of people, young and old, male and female. And there are a lot of unique talents that make up this congregation of people. Paul said that we have been created in Christ Jesus unto good works. How are you going to use your talents for the cause of Christ? I took the liberty of just writing down some things that you can do to help the cause right here over the next 12 months. Let me begin by prefacing this by saying, if you're willing to help in any one of these areas, then I would strongly encourage you to see one of our elders and tell them, look, I'm willing to help. Let them know of your desire to help. Well, let me know and I'll tell them. But please, think carefully about how you can be a useful vessel for good in this congregation. I want to begin by saying that we need help in a couple of very specific areas. I was talking to Roger Stevens this morning after services. As you well know, Rogers is responsible for our website. He takes our radio program that airs each week. And by the way, this month, or actually next month, our 250th radio program will air. 
quite a milestone. And that's a result of your generous giving and your willingness to support this work. But in talking to Rogers, Rogers takes our radio lessons and as well as the lessons that are presented here on a weekly basis and puts them on our website. Rogers does not have the time to spend updating our website on a weekly basis. What we need is somebody, maybe one or two people, that will take our website and make it their baby. And by that I simply mean this is your work. And you want to do everything you can to make sure that our website is current, up to date, has all the information about our upcoming events, calendar, etc., whatever's going on. Also, we need, in addition to the website, we need somebody. There's a program that will allow us to load a Bible correspondence program onto our website. People can go to our website, they can take that program, and it's paperless. And that's just another facet of this website endeavor. One other thing that I want to mention in, in connection with our website. I know we have a lot of talented people, particularly individuals that are good with a camera. We need a couple of people that will use their talents, taking pictures of our young folks, our preteens, our teenagers, our college age, and adults, all the way up to seniors taking pictures on a regular basis, maybe going into the classroom and taking some pictures from time to time, but taking pictures of the church here, loading them onto the website so that people can see what's going on here. When people visit our area and when individuals come to this community and begin looking for a church home, one of the first things they do is go to a website. They can tell whether or not that website is active or inactive. So I want to encourage you, if you have the ability to work with our website, and you can get with Rogers. I talked to Rogers. He's willing to, to sit down and, and, and talk to you. But, but really what Rogers would like is somebody to take the website and, and just devote their time to it. I don't think it would take a lot of time, but it would take a little bit of time. And then we need somebody that will take some pictures, load those pictures onto the website, and just keep it current. Another thing that, that we need here at Olive Branch, we, we need people that are willing to grade Bible correspondence courses. I know that we have some that are grading Bible correspondence courses, but we continue to need people, and we will need people in the future. If you have if you have the desire to, to help in that respect, I want to encourage you to see Richard Bell. Richard is currently heading up that work. And he could use you. Maybe he can't use you right now, but he can use you in the future. And so we'd love to have you as a part of that, that team. There's an ongoing need from year to year for individuals to step up to the plate and open and close the building. Not only opening and closing the building on a monthly basis, but preparing communion. Sometimes we think about 
the visible things that go on in the work of the church. When, when we get here in the morning or in the evening, somebody has had to get here earlier to make preparation for our worship, our Bible study, etc. So if you could help in that area or in those areas, we would love to have you help. It might be the case that you would be willing to teach a class, assist in the teaching of a class. If you have the capability of teaching, then we need you. It may be that you're hesitant to teach. Sometimes we just have to launch out into the deep, step up to the plate and say, you know what, I'm willing to try it. But we need teachers and we need male teachers, especially male teachers. And, and I promise you, the people in your class, they won't bite you unless you have young, young kids. Maybe they will. I don't know. But I promise you, it's not as bad as you think. So think about teaching a class. We have a visitation program. And we've had good participation with that program, but we need, we need you to be a part of that program. And we need visitation program leaders. Somebody that will take the lead in that endeavor. Another work, fifth quarter. Typically fifth quarter runs in the fall of the year. But we always need chaperones to come and to, to just oversee what's going on for the night. And there are responsibilities that are connected to that in terms of food and drink, etc. But we need you to help with that if you can. Another work that is necessary, visiting the sick, checking on the sick. I want to encourage you over the next 12 months, and I think about our visitation program. Think about the people that are in your program, or rather in your, in your group. When you come to services on Sunday morning or Sunday night, if you don't see those people who are a part of your group at the services of the church, why not give them a call? Let them know, hey, look, we missed you today. If they're not here on Sunday morning or Sunday night, give them a call. Don't let them fall through the cracks. So check on the sick. It might be that somebody's sick. It might be they're out of town. But let them know we miss them. And then I would encourage you, check on the week. When I make reference to the week, I'm talking about those who are very sporadic in their attendance. Look around and see, see who is here regularly and who is here irregularly. Those who are here irregularly, maybe stop by and visit them. Send them a note. Give them a call. I know a brother in this congregation who was talking to me about some people that he didn't see regularly. And so he said, I'm going to send them a note and let them know I'm concerned. We have that responsibility. And we ought to do that. Why is it? Because we're trying to get to heaven together. Another thing that I have listed, and I think the church here does a great job, Preparing meals for those who are sick or those who have lost loved ones. Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 25 the importance of 
serving others and ministering to the needs of other people. You can help in that capacity. And we'd love to have you help. One other area that I want to mention very quickly has to do with those who participate or maybe have not participated in public worship. We need men who are willing to help with our public worship services on a weekly basis. We need guys that are willing to lead public prayer, serve communion. Maybe you've never done that before. We have a leadership class. And if you'll come to the leadership class, I'm sure, Brother George, Brother Billy, and others, they will help you get to a point where you can take a lead in our worship. But we need you. We need young and old alike participating together. We need male and female working together. There are things for all of us to do. And you have unique talents and abilities. I may not know exactly what your talents or abilities are, but whatever they are, why not determine right now that you're going to do your best, you're going to give your best to the cause over the next year. If you'll do that, we see, we'll see a lot of growth spiritually, and spiritual growth leads to numerical growth. These are just some of the things that, that you can do, that we can do together. But the bottom line is this, they're important works. And the only way that these works are going to get done is for all of us to pitch in, join hands together, and do them. I want to finally mention very quickly our treasures. We have a lot of generous givers here at Olive Branch. You can see our budget and what we give on a weekly basis. And Paul talks about the spirit of giving in 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9 and how the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And I appreciate, I know the elders appreciate those of you that give sacrificially and that give regularly. The only way that we can do more for the cause is by giving more. The more we give, the more we can do. Talked to Brother D.O., I guess it was last week. We had a very generous gift a few days ago, specifically directed to the radio work. I asked Brother D.O. if I could just make a pitch. If you would like to add to that amount, it was about $8,000, we would love to have you make a donation or give. We're looking at, at opportunities to spread the word, to share the word. It's incredible the number of people that listen to our radio broadcast every week. We may not visibly see all of the results, but I know this. When we sow the seed of the kingdom and it falls on honest and good hearts, it will yield fruit. I promise you that. It will yield fruit. It has yielded fruit. And for that, we're grateful.
Maybe I've told this before, but just in closing, let me just share this story with you. A couple of years ago, there was a fellow in this community that was listening to the radio on Sunday morning. He listened to talk radio, sports talk, AM 560 through the week. He's in his car and he's driving and on Sunday morning, guess who comes on the radio? Olive Branch Church of Christ. So he listens to the radio broadcast. At the conclusion of the broadcast, he says, I need to, I need to call some friends and find out where they go to church. So he calls some friends and says, where do you go to church? Ironically, they said, Olive Branch Church of Christ. He said, I'll be there with you. He came to Olive Branch. Not only did he come and attend our services, but he was baptized into Christ. He told me, after he had been baptized, he said, I sat in a pew in this audience or in this, in this assembly. And he said, the Sunday that I was present, you preached on the second coming of Christ. And he said, I sat in the pew and cried because I knew I wasn't ready for the second coming of Christ. Two days later, he was baptized. You just don't know the good that can come from just a radio program. There are lots of things that we can do together. And there are a lot of great things that have taken place right here. I appreciate the elders, their leadership, their support, their encouragement. I'm grateful that they have a desire to see the gospel preached, taught. And I'm thankful to you for what you have done and what I know you will do. So as you begin making your plans for 2014, I want to encourage you. Think about what you can do specifically for the cause. Think about how you can be an asset to this church. Whatever your talents, whatever your abilities, use them for the cause. Let's make this the best year ever. We don't know what a day's going to bring forth. But while we're here, we can work, we can worship, and we can enjoy one another's fellowship. Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful for all the blessings that we enjoy in Christ. We're thankful for the privilege of being able to serve in your kingdom. We ask that you would forgive us of our shortcomings and failures. Forgive us when we have not given our best. Forgive us when our heart has not been in the work. When we haven't been what we could be and what we should be. And Father, we pray that as we begin this new year, that we would approach it with zeal and hunger to do what's right and to give our very best. We ask, Father, that you would bless our young people. We're so thankful for them. We pray that you would bless them in this next year 
that they would not conform to the pressures of the world. We pray for those of us who are older, that we too would rise above conforming to this world. Help us to set the right example, to live and to serve so that one day we can be together in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you to come to Christ, believing that he is the Son of God. If you will come to Christ, repenting of your sins, confessing his name before others, and then being immersed in a watery grave of baptism, the Bible tells us God will forgive your sins. Not only will he forgive your sins, but he'll add you to the church, Acts 2, verse 38 and verse 47. It's in that context that you'll be among the redeemed, the cleansed, the saved. And the Bible tells us that the Lord Jesus is the Savior of his church. So we want to be a part of that body. If you're here tonight, maybe your life's not been, not been what it ought to be. Maybe you haven't been faithful. Maybe your life has not been committed to the cause. Could we encourage you? Let us pray with you and for you. We're a family. And we're happy to pray for one another. We're happy to pray so that you might be stronger, more faithful, more dedicated to the cause. Whatever need you may have, would you come as we stand and sing?